0: Today we're continuing our series called Attached we're considering God's purpose for the family. And so this morning, we're considering God's purpose for parenting and how the very relationships between a father and the mother and their children, and this goes even beyond when you're children, but even when you're an adult, but these beautiful relationships are a display of the very glory of God. And so we're going to see how all of this works together from God's word But one thing that I want to mention up front is that this applies to everyone. If you are a parent, then it certainly applies to you. If you are a grandparent, this applies to you. If you think, well, I don't even have any kids, but maybe you have nieces or nephews or younger siblings. Or even if you don't have any other kids in your life in that capacity, if you are a a part of this church, then guess what we have in this church? We have kids. And so if you're going to be a member of a faith family, then by definition, you're going to have children in your life. And having children in your life is a blessing. Being a parent is a joy, but every now and then you just kind of got to shake your head at being a parent. Like that four-year-old that told her mother, mommy, how come I have to match my clothes every time? But you don't. Or just last week when one of my precious five-year-olds says, Daddy, you're getting gray in your hair. And I'm like, yes. And he was like, you're going to die. (laughs) So I'm praying that he doesn't have the gift of prophecy. But he definitely doesn't have the gift of encouragement either. But maybe, I don't know, the gift of discernment he does because He's right. I am closer to death than I was before I had gray hair. Um, I guess thanks for the tip is all I can say to my son, Benjamin. Parenting is, again, it's a joy, but it does have its challenges. But we have to remember from God's word that Jesus loved children And he welcomed them into his life, into his kingdom. And he even said that to enter into God's kingdom requires childlike faith. And so to be part of a faith family does by definition mean that you have to welcome people into your life that are much younger than you. Jesus said, let the children come unto me. So as we begin this morning, this very important, timely message on parenting and how it displays the glory of God, I want to begin with a pretty well-known passage out of Joshua 24. I think Hobby Lobby has made a lot of money off of this verse because I see all the time people on their doors where it has Joshua 24 verse 15, but I want to read the few verses before and get the whole context. So, Joshua 24, beginning in verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then choose this day whom you will serve. Whether God's your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites and those whose land you dwell here's here's the clincher but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord he's saying if you don't think that God is worth worshiping if you don't think that God is worthy then don't serve him you have that choice But as for me and my home, we will worship, we will serve the Lord. Verse 16, then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, for it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in the sight and preserved us all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. So saying, God saved us from slavery supernaturally. Verse 18, and the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, listen to this, therefore we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. And that's just beautiful. That's inspiring. It's powerful. All of God's people gather together saying, look at who our God is. His wonders. He is amazing. He's our savior and our provider. How could we not serve him? Joshua, of course, we're going to follow your lead. And we will lead our homes also to serve and to love God. Except you should turn the page. Like turn one page. And the next book is Judges. So go to Judges chapter 2. If you look in verse 8, it says that Joshua died. So this is the same context. Joshua, who just said, you choose, I'm going to serve God with my home. And everyone says, yes, we're all in. Genesis, rather, Judges 2 verse 8, what does it say? Well, that Joshua died. He was 110, pretty amazing. And he was buried, verse 10. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. That's a way of saying that they died. That's just a nice way to say that. So the whole generation, Joshua's generation, that all of them that said, yes, we will serve God, that whole generation died. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord. You hear that? The next generation did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. No one taught the children, no one bothered to tell the kids. And the teenagers and the young adults, no one taught the next generation about what Moses had done in part in the Red Sea. No one told the little ones about the 10 plagues and how God rescued God's people. No one told them how for 40 years they lived in the wilderness and their clothes didn't wear out. They probably weren't in style, but they didn't wear out. No one told them that God rained manna from heaven. No one told them about the absolute mercy of God to rescue them from their slavery and how God had gone before them and given them a tabernacle where God's presence was right there with them. No one told them about the beauty and the stunning glory of God. And these, all these children grew up and did not know anything about God. They didn't know that a Passover lamb died, and that these were a blood-bought people who belonged to God, who lived to worship him, to find their joy and their blessings, everything that they are in God's presence. The kids weren't taught. And they grew up, became adults that rebelled against God's authority because they weren't taught that God is a loving authority. Yes, he's the boss. He's in charge. It's his word. He's the authority, but he's a loving authority. And when we gladly joyfully submit ourselves to God's authority, that that is the pathway to blessings, and that is the path to being safe. No one told him. Now, you might think to yourself, well, blame Joshua. His sermons must not have been very good. Or you know what? The prophets, they dropped the ball. What about all those priests in the tabernacle? Weren't those sermons very good? Maybe you think, you know what? Maybe their church gatherings, the tabernacle, weren't very engaging. Maybe their music wasn't very good. Maybe, you know what? Blame the tabernacle youth ministers. They did not have adequate programs for all those youth. Man, those stinking tabernacle youth ministers blame them. They totally blame the church. They dropped the ball. And now my kids don't love God. Now this whole generation doesn't know God. And yet if we're honest with ourselves, who needs to look in the mirror? Moms and dads. Joshua said, my home, we will serve. Lord, I will teach my kids. I'll do it. I'm his father and I'm his mother. And so I will show them from the word how amazing God is. But the whole generation, didn't do it. And so what you have is sadness. And if you read Judges, Oh my goodness, it is a dark book. Very painful to read. Judges shows what happens when people don't know who God is and don't know that he is the loving authority and that his presence is the pathway to blessings. And that it is a privilege and a responsibility to be a mom and a dad that it's a calling it's a high calling to teach your children but it is your calling to do it and it's a sacred task i know sometimes we can just get so caught up in oh my gosh the busiest schedules if you have little ones the changing the diapers the disobedient children it, it can just sometimes you can just feel like it's out of control But what you need to know today from God's word is that parenting at any age, from little ones all the way into young adults, parenting is a sacred task. You've entered into a holy space when you enter into marriage and you have children. And so every single time that you wipe that baby's bottom and you put on a clean diaper, that is a holy moment every single time that you prepare one more snack for kids that just like never get enough snacks and you're taking care of your children, that is a holy moment. Every time that you connect with your heart, with your child, even when they're teenagers, when your hearts connect, that is a holy moment. When you open up the word and you teach your kids about who God is that is a sacred task. So as parents, we have to have a vision for what we're doing and that it is holy before God. And the reason why parenting is holy is because of what it points to. Parenting is not an end in itself. Parenting is a means. It points to something beyond itself, to something that is Breathtaking and eternal and beautiful and soul satisfying. Parenting points to the glory of God because our parenting, as flawed as we are, our parenting is designed to be a reflection of the fatherhood of God. God is the perfect parent. He knows when to say no. He knows when to say yes. He knows when to be kind and when to drop the hammer. He always gets it right because he's God and he's a perfect father. And so, First John three one says, "How great is the love of the Father that he has lavished on us that we should be called children of God? That he has lavished his love, and we're called his children." Romans eight fifteen. For you did not receive the spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And so we have a perfect father who teaches and encourages and corrects us and provides for us and saved us and loves us and knows us. He is the perfect Father, and our parenting is designed by the Spirit of God through His help, His grace, I assure you, because we're all flawed. But through His empowering, through His Spirit, we can reflect the fatherhood of God as mothers and fathers. And so parenting is a display of glory. Let me read to you a text that we're going to spend a few minutes in, in the book of Judges. No, that's not true. We just read Judges. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Just one book right before there. So you have Deuteronomy, Judges, and then, no, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and then Judges. And so just back up to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Now this is a commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God and your sons and your son's son, so your grandchildren, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God Your fathers has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, or when you walk by the way, or when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be on the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is a very important text. It describes a lot, but in our few minutes together, I'm going to look in this text what describes God's purpose in parenting. And so God's purpose for your parenting is that you would teach your children and your grandchildren. So it describes sons and your sons' sons. So teach your children and your grandchildren to love God as their greatest treasure. That's the point. That is what you do as a parent. Everything else, sports, academics, their future, you know, education, all the other things that they need. All that is important, but it's all under what's most important, which is that you teach your children and then your grandchildren to love God as their greatest treasure. Everything else is just not that important. Everything else is secondary and it falls underneath you teaching your children to treasure God, to love him. Let me give you three thoughts on how this this. So three areas of Focus. I could give you lots of specific points. I can give you the seven steps to perfect kids. I don't know them. Um, And they don't really exist. So we're going to look at the Bible and find the principles and the areas of focus that will, by God's grace, lead to you teaching your children to treasure him as their greatest treasure. And the first area of focus is, number one, focus on the heart. As parents, we must focus on the heart. You see it in verse 2. It says, Fear the Lord. That refers to a worship, a reverence. So worship the Lord your God. He says, You, your son, and your son's son. Verse 3, it says that it may go well with you. That will, will refers to joy or gladness. And so it says, Teach your children, worship God from the heart that you will have this joy, this gladness that will go well with you. And then verse 4, it says, hear. Now, in the Hebrew, the word for hear is shema. So sometimes it's called the shema. It's a very important prayer in the, in the Hebraic tradition. And so this, the shema, is a call to hear the truth. Stop believing the lies, but hear the truth about who God is, what his purpose is, who you are in relation to God, hear the truth. Hear the truth of what? Verse five, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. So all that you got, everything inside of you, down to your core, says your heart, love God. And then verse six, he says, and these words, so God's words that I command you shall be on your heart. I think you get the point. This text is repeating it in different ways, saying, focus on the heart. But this is not so easy to do, because as parents, oftentimes our kids are crazy. Amen? No, just mine. And sometimes you're tired, and it's crazy. Like, there's days where Barnard and I will talk, and it's like 8 a.m., and we feel like, man, we're already tired. Like, you wake up tired sometimes because life can be emotionally draining. And sometimes having children, you can just feel like you're pulled in so many different directions. And we can just resort to just managing or trying to control their behavior. And just saying, will you just behave? And a lot of times it's, will you just stop? I'm just tired is what oftentimes is what it boils down to. And what happens is we miss the heart, and it's just conform. It's just control their behavior. But here's the thing. As much as we can try to control our kids' behavior, that will not change their heart. And it will not make your child want to listen to you. It won't trying to control their behavior, will not touch them deeply. It won't. What your child needs is for you to connect with him or her, and this is when they're little and when they're teenagers. Because I got one in high school too, and I got middle school, and I got kindergartners. I got the whole spectrum there. And at all of these ages, I can tell you what your kids need is for you to connect with their heart, to spend time with them, to actually make eye contact with your children and talk about things that are significant and not just the schedule or their grades or their sports. or their, Those things are important. I'm not trying to diminish them, but they're secondary to connecting with their heart, saying, son, daughter, how are you? Knowing them. Being tender with them, entering into their world, where you genuinely are connecting with their hearts, and sometimes it can seem like the silliest of things. Like I was talking to my daughter yesterday, and she was talking about this thing called visco girls. I mean, I'm so out of touch. I didn't even know what that was, and I was like, "But I want to be in your world." And so, what is a visco girl? And so. So she was telling me about like puka shelves and oversized t shirts and on scrunchies and on these flasks that are overpriced and on the words, I ooped and and like I was like, oh, this is so great! Like, I know my little girl so much better now because that's like her world. She's in middle school and that's just. That's where she lives. And I want to know her. I don't want to just like control her behavior. Because parents, if you connect with your child's heart and you enter their world and you know them. When you tell them God loves you. They'll believe you. If every time they see you, you're busy. Or every time that you bark out an instruction is behind the laptop or with your phone, go clean your room, go whatever. And you never even put it down to look at them and engage them. And then you talk about a God in heaven, who's your father and loves you. Man, it's just kind of hard. As a child, it becomes difficult. Even a teenager to really believe that really. Our call is to model, to to display, to reflect the fatherhood of God who's never too busy for us. Connect with their heart. Teach them and show them from the word about how amazing God is and how he loves them and has a good plan for them and that they're made to worship and lead your children. Teach them to connect their heart with the heart of God. Teach them to walk in the spirit, to walk with God. This is what we do as parents. We focus on the heart and show them a God that is full of wonder and mystery. And he is beautiful in how God deeply loves them and sent Jesus. And he wants your children to enjoy him. A heart that loves God will be a heart that wants to obey. So connect with them on a heart level and lead them, teach them to do that with God. And where if, if their heart's one with God, I assure you their behavior is going to improve. But that's a byproduct. Focus on the heart. Next, focus on the word. you got to focus on the word. We just read verses 7 through 9. It says all of life. In both formal and informal, it says, you shall teach them diligently. This is in verse 7. It says, teach them. Be diligent. Don't be lazy. Be proactive. Don't be be passive. Be active. Teach your children diligently. Teach them what? About who God is. God's word. And it says, shall talk about them when you sit in your house. It's describing a more formal type thing where you come in, you're, you sit in the house, sometimes it's called family worship or family devotional or whatever you want to call it, but a time in the week where you can sit down at a breakfast table or dinner table or after, before bed, whatever fits with your family, but at some point where you sit and you, you open the word, you read verses, you pray as a family. Look, I know life can be very fast but we have to find opportunities where we can invest in our children spiritually. And so it can be a formal time with the word and prayer, but it's not just that it's also informal. It says also when you walk by the way, well, we might think, well, we don't really walk much anymore, at least not in Texas, but you do drive. So when you drive, by the way, when you're traveling and so, when you get in the car, that is a opportunity to connect with your children, to talk about what the day is going to bring or what it already brought just how was it? How are you? It's an opportunity to connect with them. And it's informal. It says when you lie down. So bedtimes. when you rise up. And so breakfast or in the morning. And so he's describing these informal, casual times where the word is on your lips all the time, where you're talking about who God is all the time. It's not just the formal. It's the informal. It's just all the time, if you put a camera and watched us at home, you would hear something about the word or Jesus or faith or trusting him. Or, all the time. Like, it's not just Sunday morning, I promise. Like, I'm just a preacher. Like, even at home. But even if you're not, this is the calling of every believer. is to have God's word on your lips as you're imparting it in the casual times. And, and let me tell you, my experience Now, 15 years as a parent, and it's not that many, but it's, it's what I've got. In my 15 years as a parent with my four kids, I've learned that the informal, casual times are actually more powerful than the formal times. I've seen breakthrough and connected on such a deep level in times when it wasn't at the table with the word open. It was just sharing faith, just talking about who God is in informal times. And it can be life-changing. But see, here's the thing. If you're going to be a parent, if you're going to teach your kids the Word, guess what you need to do? You have to know the Word. You can't teach the Word if you don't yourself know the Word. So if you're here and you're not a parent yet, then you need to grow and know the Word so that when you have that privilege one day, you can teach your children. And if you already have kids, it's not too late. However old they are, dive in to get to know the word. You get to know God better so that you can teach your children. And one last thought, We're talking about focusing on the word, is parenting is not an event. It's a process. We need a long-term view of parenting. I have met so many people. It's so funny to me. Where they want to pour so much knowledge into like their three-year-olds, and they want to have like perfect kids before they start school at five. That's exhausting. And it's not even gonna work anyway. It's not gonna work. Let me just give you the heads up. It won't work because sanctification is a process as is parenting. It's a lifelong process, and so we need to have a big vision, a long-term view of this and not be so focused on, I've got to get all this right today and import all of this today into my kid's brain. It's a lifetime. So we need to trust God with that and know that it is a lifelong process. Number three, third, and for today, final area of focus is focus on the gospel. You have to focus on the gospel. So we, we just read this call to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Now, let me tell you something. No one can do that. None of us are capable of loving God with all that we've got every minute of every day. We can't. It's impossible. We are flawed. We will one day in heaven when we're glorified. On this side of heaven, we can't. And so God's call here is actually an impossible task that we all fail at. I want you to keep turning the pages in Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Still, same author Moses, Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. And the Lord your God will, so in the future what he will do, God will circumcise your heart. And the heart of your offspring. So your heart and your children's heart. So that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul that you may live. There's a promise, a prophecy that the Messiah will come and he will circumcise your heart. He will cut away the sin of your heart and he will give you a new heart, circumcise your heart. He will make you new, so that you can love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength so that you may live. Deuteronomy points to Jesus. That's where it points. It points to the gospel. Our parenting has to be gospel-centered. It has to be saturated in mercy. We can't do this by ourselves. But through the power of the Spirit, if we will focus on the gospel, focus on mercy. Listen, your kids, just like my kids, need mercy. Then you need to be patient and kind and gentle with them. That's what your kids need because that's what you need. And, And the truth is that unless we are resting in God and resting in his mercy, we won't have his strength to be able to be the patient and loving parents that we need to be. Now, there's a lot more that I'm not saying that we could if it were like a long parenting series, which this, today, this is not that. There's a lot that needs to be applied here on how you do this, how you teach the word, and how you know when to be be merciful in the sense of when, when do you say yes or when do you say no or when? Man, parenting is complex. And if I try to give you a list of, in this situation, say this. In this situation, do that. It's impossible. The best that I can tell you is here are the principles. You have a child at home or children that are lost and what they need is the gospel. So that they can have new hearts that will want to love and trust and obey Jesus. And so you need to share the gospel with your children and lead them to faith to be made new. And show them mercy and beg the spirit of God for wisdom. Because he'll tell you. He will reveal to you. He will lead you on how to apply his principles and how to be a good that displays the mercy of God, that displays the kindness of God, knowing when to discipline, how to discipline, the Spirit will help you if you're following him, if you're in step with him. Some of you here feel like you've just blown it. Maybe you feel like you have not been the parent that you know you want to be. God's grace is sufficient, It's not over. We have a God who heals and restores. That's a whole point of the gospel, which is why I say you focus on the gospel. God offers power and grace and wisdom. Before we wrap up, our time is about expired. I want to read some verses to our children this morning. So as we come to a close here, I want to read to... Our kiddos in the room and also young adults that are still living with their parents in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Children, the Bible says to obey your parents. Your calling is to love your parents, to trust them, to obey them. Sometimes your parents blow it. Let's just be honest, all right? Sometimes your parents don't get it. Sometimes your parents are harsh with you. Sometimes they're impatient with you. Sometimes your parents just really don't get it right. What you need to know is that your parents are people just like you. They have hard days and they have challenges just like you do. And you need to trust your mom and your dad. Trust them that they know more than you because they know Jesus and because they've been living longer than you have. And they may not understand everything about your culture and in today's age, but you need to trust them and obey them. And this is the channel of God's blessing in your life when we submit to God's authority and your parents are God's authority in your life. Last thought, as we wrap up and wisdom comes to the front and they prepare to lead us in time of response, I just want to talk to us as a faith family. The role of the church with raising children. It is the parent's job. Like, let's just be clear. It is the father and mother's responsibility to teach their children to treasure God above all else. But the church comes alongside of you and partners with you. Now, here at Renewal, we don't have a lot of programs, and that's actually by design. We don't want a lot of programs because that's a long conversation. Come to new start next week, and we'll talk about that. Um, we want to focus on relationships, and we want to focus on being simple and intentional. We want to have children that are part of this church to know that God loves them by including them in the life of this faith family. So we do have renewal kids, and today they're with us, but most Sundays we do have classes for them. But we now have every single member that's part of this church is going to be engaged in teaching our children. And we're gonna organize that through our home groups. And the reason why is we we want all of the children in this in this church to know godly men and women that will pour into them and have more examples of the fatherhood of God. And so we take this call to be a family to teach our children seriously, and we're applying that even as a faith family, where we're going to have every member be engaged in on a rotation. Involved with renewal kids. We want our children to know that God loves them. And for them to grow up knowing who God is. And together with your family and the faith family. Together what we can see is something explosive and truly beautiful. As we focus on the heart and we focus on the word. And focus on the gospel of Jesus together. We can see children transformed, families transformed, and this whole area in Bell County gripped with the good news of Jesus. This is a high calling. I yearn for you to see what God can do through you. There is nothing more important. There's nothing better than knowing that God is using you. He's working through you to shape another human's soul.